things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> I mean, bump it. Bump it. I mean, it's time to fight, right? That seems to be what everybody's saying, right? Everybody want to get into it. Everybody want to fight. Everybody want to sit up there, verbally spar, gauge and fist the cuffs, do whatever the hell we want to do. I ain't running. I'm not running. I mean, some of this stuff that's going on right now is so utterly ridiculous, it gets on my last damn nerves. It really, really does. In case you didn't know who you were listening to, I can't imagine how you wouldn't know. Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy, coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, just like I love to do, with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. Wherever you can find your podcast, you'll see me there. I mean, that's the theme of this podcast today. Let's fight. Let's get it on. It's on. I mean, excuse my language. To hell with it. You know, it's just interesting to me how I listen to folks sometimes and how I watch us do some of the just dumbest stuff that you could possibly fathom. We got black folks going at Deion Sanders. We got people still coming at me because of a photo of Jerry Jones from 66 years ago. We got Meek Mill and Kanye going at one another. Hell, in the sport of professional basketball, we got the Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns going at one another. I mean, every damn place you turn, it's a problem. It's a problem. Hell, we even got people out here going at Brittany Griner. And I mean, all she did was spend months in a penal colony in Russia for some little pint or whatever it was of cannabis oil. And you got folks in the United States of America losing their mind because she, she don't deserve to be home. I mean, damn. Woman in prison. We don't know what's coming down the pike for her before she was ultimately released. And you got folks going off about that. All right, fine. That's what a podcast is for, right? Looking at my writer, Sherry, ain't that what it's for? Ain't that what they asked for? You want it, you got it. Ain't a problem. Let's go down the list. Deion Sanders. I'm going to be a little bit derogatory today. Anybody who's going after primetime Deion Sanders for departing from an HBCU that is Jackson State to go to Colorado, you're just an ignorant ass person. That's right, I'm going to say it. Remember, I'm in control of this content. I'm going to say it. It's ridiculous. Deion Sanders, the man is 55 years old, ladies and gentlemen. He's getting paid a salary of approximately $600,000 a year. He signed five years, $29.5 million in Colorado. That doesn't include 
bonuses and incentives. Okay? So you're talking about close to more than 10 times the salary he was making. They had a $300,000 buyout because if he departed, he would have to pay half of what his scheduled salary was supposed to be. You're not taking that job? Really? Really? I mean, what is it? Talk about nothing to gain moving forward. You did everything. You won. You went undefeated. In your last season, you were 27-5 and five over three years. You went back-to-back SWAC titles. You improved the facilities. You improved the locker rooms. You generated money for the institution. You elevated its notoriety. What the hell do you want? What does he need to do? Take off your drawers and put them in a washing machine for you? I mean, what else do you need him to do? I mean, damn. You understand the facilities he's inheriting? The money from alumni that's going to get poured into the program? The fact that it's in the Pac-12, which is one of the big five conferences, which means he went from a place that wasn't even eligible for bowls to legitimately being in a place where he could go after a national championship? Did you realize that? You got people walking around here like he owes folks up. I am a graduate of an HBCU. I am a graduate of Winston-Salem State University and proud of it. And before you even think about trying to attack me, check the resume. Ambassador HBCU week. Drastically assisted to over 12,000 students receiving in excess of $25 million in scholarships to HBCUs. Listen to who you're talking to now. That's my resume with HBCUs. Outside of being a graduate who also contributes to HBCUs out of my pocket. So I'll be damned if I don't have a right to say what the hell I feel about how HBCUs or people from HBCUs are reacting to primetime Deion Sanders like he owes us something. He does not. He does not. Primetime Deion Sanders showed up at Jackson State. Now, you got to have a degree to be a head coach in college football. So he had to go to an HBCU to get that degree. Props to that. HBCU made his contribution. Jackson State hired him. When arguably nobody else would, because Florida State damn sure should have hired him. Auburn damn sure should have hired him. There's a plethora of collegiate institutions that should have hired primetime Deion Sanders, but they didn't want to take the chance on this brother who had never coached on a collegiate level before. So Jackson State did that. Major props to Jackson State. Well, what did Deion Sanders do? Deion Sanders turned around and said, hey, I'm going to win. What did he do, ladies and gentlemen? He went 27 and 5 in three years. He won not one, but two SWAC championships. Ladies and gentlemen, his last season there, he went undefeated. 12 and 0. He is a high end recruiter. He gave the program national prominence, he gave HBCUs national prominence. And in part, not totally, because there were efforts being made long before he ever arrived at an HBCU. But there is no doubt that primetime Deion Sanders assisted in the upliftment of historically black colleges 
and universities everywhere. Everywhere. And you got people talking smack about them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about the head coach at Alabama State. I'm not talking about Eddie Robinson Jr., who, by the way, is not the son of the late, great Eddie Robinson, who coached at Grambling all of those years. Eddie Robinson Jr. had a problem with how primetime Deion Sanders acted towards him and shook his hand after a loss against Jackson State, but didn't want to give him a bro hug. And everybody's acting like he's walking around condemning primetime Deion Sanders. I spoke to Eddie Robinson Jr. personally. He is not doing that. And he has absolutely positively no problem with primetime Deion Sanders departing from Jackson State to go take a big job in the Pac-12 with Colorado. He has told me that personally. I am not talking about Eddie Robinson Jr. I'm talking about all of these other people out here acting like somebody owes them something. What does Deion Sanders owe you? He won. He brought national notoriety to the program. He brought national notoriety to HBCUs. He assisted in the networks and the National Football League itself giving a higher profile to HBCUs. He did all of that not being a graduate of an HBCU. He went to Florida State. He did his job, but we want to fight. Didn't I tell y'all weeks ago, it's always us. It's always us. Nobody else does that to its own people. It's always us. By the way, supposedly, allegedly, primetime Deion Sanders' daughter goes to Jackson State. Uh, she's staying. She ain't going to Colorado. She's getting an HBCU education. Just thought I'd throw that out there. We want to fight over what? What'd he do? What'd he do? You got people coming at Brittany Griner for crying out loud. What does she do? You want to bring up cannabis oil? Fine. You want to sit up there and say, oh, she probably had her with that on her person all the time? Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, she's competed over in Russia on many occasions. She helped America win gold not once but twice. She's an All-American. She's a national champion. She's a star in the WNBA. Yes, I'm fully aware of the fact that during social justice, the social justice movement that was taking place in the aftermath of George Floyd, she was not somebody that was prone to standing for the national anthem. I do understand that she had unflattering words about our country. She probably thought twice about that when she was in prison in Russia. That doesn't mean she deserved to be in prison there. It doesn't mean she should stay there forever or in the perpetuity. It doesn't mean that it was justifiable for her to be sentenced to nine years in a Russian penal colony. The only argument I'll accept that's remotely critical of her release is regarding the exchange. I would have done the same thing the Biden administration did. I would have gotten a home. I would have pushed for other people to be released as well. No doubt about it. But I am not going to sit up here and knock any American citizen who is worried because we let go of a global arms dealer. 
who was in our custody for 14 years and in prison for 11, who was convicted of plotting to kill American citizens. For somebody to say, somebody like that doesn't need to be released to Russia, by the way, who asked for the exchange, I'm not going to fault them for that. Because even though I would have got Brittany Griner home as well, the bottom line is that is a steep price to pay. And I get that. I get that. But you got people that go at her and don't even bring that up. She should have been in jail because of the cannabis oil. Why should we feel any sympathy for her? Because she spoke against the United States of America. She's an American. In America, you get to speak out against your government. It's called free speech. And still be beloved and cherished and valued as an American citizen by American citizens. That's what it's about. That's why we supported Colin Kaepernick. That's why we pushed for Colin Kaepernick to be supported. When he took a knee, because he violated no NFL bylaws. He violated no laws of this land. He didn't even violate the Constitution of the United States. That's why we support him. It's not about doing what we want you to do. It's about doing what you have the right to do without retribution or ramifications. Where's the consistency? Where's the consistency? I know where it's at. It's in the grave. Because ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites running around this country. People who say one thing and feel totally differently when it comes to making headlines or wanting to take a position against somebody that you don't like or something like that. It's bullshit. Y'all need to grow the hell up. Oh, I heard somebody was talking about me. Still, huh? I got something to say about that up next. You're listening to No Mercy with Stephen A. Don't touch that dog. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? <sighs> if I sound annoyed, it's because I am annoyed. I've said it before and I say it again. Nobody does this to each other. But black folks, when I said let's fight, because I'm not saying let's fight. I'm literally saying that's what y'all want to do. You know, that's why black folks die from stress. Do y'all know that's one of the top killers? It ain't just because of the stress that white America incorporates and places on our shoulders. It's because of the stress we bring down upon ourselves. If you could have a problem as someone affiliated with HBCUs, someone knowledgeable about HBCUs, someone who cares about HBCUs, how in God's name could you have a problem with primetime Deion Sanders? You have a problem with CP3 next? CC, CP3 went to Wake Forest. CP3 promotes HBCUs at every turn. He executive produces documentaries on HBCUs. I would know because I joined in one project with them for North Carolina Central University. He donates money to the program. He's getting a degree from an HBCU. 
He's spoken to the networks and executives for the networks about giving HBCUs a higher profile. He's recruited NBA players to give a higher profile to HBCUs. You going to complain about him next? It never ends with us. It never ends. But it's not just with HBCUs. It's with us overall. You think I haven't heard what the hell y'all been saying about me in regards to Jerry Jones? You think I forgot? Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I'm going to video with my podcast January 9th. Look for it. You'll see me on video. So you'll see my facial expressions. Don't be surprised. I might look better than you thought I did. But that's beside the point. The point that I'm trying to make to you is that you'll see me on video. You won't just hear my voice. And it's real, real interesting because you're going to see my facial expressions. You're going to see me looking at y'all like y'all full of it. Because I'm still taking all of this noise over this whole Jerry Jones photo issue. For those of you who missed the story, a few weeks back, around Thanksgiving week, Jerry Jones, in an article that was posted by the Washington Post, is being seen in a photo with students in Little Rock, Arkansas, that were blocking black kids from trying to desegregate the school. It ain't the Little Rock Nine. This was across town a week earlier. Jerry Jones is seen there 66 years ago, I might add, pre-civil rights movement, pre-voting rights movement, clearly a different time, different culture, et cetera, et cetera, where people could get away with screaming and spitting in the face of black people and hitting them, not to mention lynching them, maiming them, raping them, et cetera. Jerry Jones is standing in a crowd. It's a still picture, rolls back away from the kids, looking. That's all we know. And black folks all over the place, not all, not most, but black folks, a lot of black folks, were literally going off because I said I was pretty ticked off that this would be done. And then we got this guy, Umar Johnson, Dr. Umar Johnson. I have no idea what his specificity is as it pertains to his professional career. A doctor of what? I do not know. And he literally goes on a breakfast club. And from what I'm told, because I didn't see it, he said Stephen A. should get 50 lashes. 50,000? 50,000 lashes. <sighs> Somebody's got to be the grown-up here. It's going to be me. I don't know Dr. Umar Johnson. I've seen him on social media a few times. Clearly a highly intelligent Educated brother. All I have to say to Dr. Umar Johnson is this. I don't know any human being alive I would wish 50,000 lashes on. 
respectfully, how low can you go? Just because I said the man is in a still photo, you would say something like that about me? Never met you, don't know you. Educated brother, I wish you nothing but the best. But you would wish that upon another human being? A brother? Really? That's how low you would go? For the record, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to try this one last time. I have said on many occasions, when white folks catch a cold, black folks catch pneumonia. In other words, it is always worse for us. We can never, ever surmise, nor assume that we open a Pandora's box and it won't come back to have a profoundly more detrimental effect on us unless it is something devoid of ambiguity. If you the cops beating the living hell out of Rodney King, sure, that's on you. You deserve your comeuppance. You murdering people, you molesting people, you're assaulting people, sure, that's on you. Something definitive and visual and factually undeniable, sure. But standing in a crowd, looking, is not a crime. It's not a crime. If somebody was in a crowd and they listened to someone spewing anti-Semitic remarks, does that make them anti-Semitic? When Reverend Wright was going off in his church in Chicago, didn't we stand up and raise holy hell when the American people who were GOP members and beyond tried to hold that against Barack Obama as if that was his thoughts just because he was sitting in the audience when Reverend Wright said what he said? You haven't seen somebody on the street getting their ass kicked? And if you look, does that mean that you were beating their butt too? I was simply making the point that if we're going to go after somebody, by the way, who happens to be a billionaire, by the way, who happens to own the Dallas Cowboys, and at this stage and point in his life because he's an 80-year-old billionaire, about the only thing you could do to him is not watch the Cowboys. That's about the only thing you could do to Jerry Jones. What else are you going to do to him? What else are you going to do to him? If you're going to go after him, it needs to be something definitive and undeniable. Not something other people can sit up there and say, see how they reach? See what kind of thing they'll point to racism and racial insensitivity and all of this other stuff. Guess what, y'all? We're never going to win. So you turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to anything anybody says. It's called picking your battles. It's called knowing what fights to fight. You a brother or a sister, are you angry in this world? You feel marginalized, pigeonholed, held back? Racial oppression is raking through the core of you? There is no question you are justified. Dr. Umar Johnson. Once upon a time, they didn't allow black folks to be educated, you know. Don't know if you know that. That's how HBCUs basically came about. Because we had to go and get institutions on our own 
and learn on our own because white folks in America tried to deny us those opportunities. But here you are a doctor talking about I need to be slashed 50,000 times. I have nothing negative to say about you, my brother. I'm sad that those words will come out of your mouth. And I'm fully aware of the fact that me responding to that gives you a profile. It's okay. I probably won't do it again. Because usually I don't hear this kind of stuff. I don't listen to it. But it's hard to believe when I'm told by my staff that anybody would say that, any black man especially, would say that about another black man. Everybody want to fight. It's never enough. And you know what it's going to lead to, right? It's going to lead to me not wanting to say anything. Just do what I do instead of fight. I mean, Rashawn, Sherry, Michael, Terry, everybody. Why, why fight, y'all, right? Why fight? Why bother? I could just go to work, make my money, and go home. I don't have to fight the battles that I fight. Talk to the honchos at Disney. Talk to the honchos at ESPN. Talk to the honchos throughout corporate America, in media, and beyond. Ask them what battles I fight. I'm just not fighting them. Fruitlessly. It's about really making a difference, not just making noise. But I wonder sometimes, you Deion Sanders... After all of this brouhaha, can I ask one simple rhetorical question to all of y'all? If Deion Sanders says, I'm never going back to an HBCU again, I want nothing to do with HBCUs, can you blame him? After the way he's been treated? Could you blame him? I said it earlier, I'll say it again. It's always us. It's always us. It's sad. I'll close out with more in a minute. You're listening live. Stephen A. No mercy in the house. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? You see, I'm gonna keep my cool because obviously I can get a bit loud. It just... It's so disheartening. If there was ever a time to get quiet, it's with what Dr. Johnson had to say. And by the way, I said slashed. I meant lashed. 50,000 lashes. Starting off with 400, going up to 50,000. Calling my brother Michael Wilbon. Short, no neck. What? Really? And you're saying last, and you know, you are a black man talking about the racist tendencies or the racist history of this country and the iniquities exacted against us by white folks. And yet you're using language like that against your own. Lashed? 
What you gonna do next? Call for us to be hung? Call for us to be maimed? What's next? Where does it end? This is some ridiculous stuff. So I just want everybody to know, listen, ain't nobody running? Wish that brother nothing but the best. There's plenty of people who have been critical of me in the past and they would tell you they come across me and they encounter me and the whole bit and, you know, I'm, I'm hating on them. Somebody lied with their headline the other day, you know, Corey Holcomb, Stephen A goes at Corey Holcomb. I think he's a sensational comedian. I've seen him do stand up. I met the brother at a Morton Steakhouse in Chicago. Ain't got no problems with him. Lies. People disagree. People disagree. You got your opinion. Somebody else has theirs. I'm just saying that when it came to Jerry Jones, I was coming from the perspective of let's be careful about holding him accountable for something like that that can't be proven. Because if you do that, then you open the floodgates for folks to come at us for stuff that can't be proven. Now, one would say, hey, they already do that to us, Stephen. Eh? They already do that to us. But far more often than not, that doesn't happen. So we don't want to open the floodgates to create an atmosphere where it's okay for that to transpire. You got to pay attention. I got no issues with it because I'm sensitive to everybody's concern. But I got news for y'all. Racism once upon a time was something that we focused on in this nation. Like, yo, racism and prejudice exist. Now we hear a lot about xenophobia. We hear a lot about homophobia. We hear a lot about transphobia. We hear a lot about a whole bunch of stuff. You barely hear anything about racism anymore. Because everybody else's issues have done infiltrated the proceedings, per se. And now the plight of black people has been pushed down the runway or to the wayside. That's what I'm paying attention to. What about the rest of y'all? We ain't supposed to be fighting. The problems that exist in our nation, we're all in it. Whether we like it or not, we're all in it together. That's what I loved about the midterm elections. The mega right lost. So did the woke left. The center was appeased. We had people who were considered reasonable Republicans and reasonable Democrats. And the American citizens sent them back to Capitol Hill and they said, figure out a way to work together. So we don't have the kind of mayhem that we all suspect has been and will continue to go on in the streets throughout America. Well, what good is it if we don't know how to act? What good is that? When? Are we going to learn? Deion Sanders is a winner. He was an All-American. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a Hall of Famer. He was an outstanding television analyst and commentator. And now he's a hell of a college head coach. He's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. Brittany Griner is back on American Soul. She's going to be all right. 
She's going to be all right. I don't know that much about Kanye West. That's a different animal right there. I'm not going to be Meek Mill or anybody else getting on him and, you know, accusing him of selling his soul and all of this other stuff. I'm just going to pray for the brother because when you on the record praising Adolf Hitler, good luck with that. I don't see him recovering from that. I just don't. And him, we talk about let's fight. I mean, he going after everybody. It's Meek Mill, it's Chappelle, it's, it's, it's Adidas, it's, I mean, it's everybody. Who ain't you fighting? Who are you not fighting? Ex-wife, everything public, going after everybody. Now, they might have chosen the wrong choice of words, but what I got from brothers like P. Diddy and others who he also went after is that they were trying to say, yo, bro, you blowing this. What you doing? What you doing? And I know Kanye might be about the mentality, man, it's just money. I'm not selling myself. Well, what the hell were you doing to get the billions? Because if you didn't have a problem with what you were doing then, why are you not doing it now? And if you have a problem with what you were doing then, then what you do it for? You lost a billion and a half dollars in a day. A billion and a half dollars in a day. But that seems to be everybody else's fault. Again, I'm not justifying anybody going at him, calling him out his name, accusing him of selling his soul or anything like that. I'm not going there. I'm not going to excuse Kanye of that. What I'm going to say is this. I don't ever want to hear Kyrie Irving accused of being anti-Semitic again. Not after Kanye. What? Now that's anti-Semitic. You took a link to a movie which was ill-advised and put it on your Twitter page, which you shouldn't have done. That was a mistake. There is nothing that we see from Kanye West that says mistake. He seems to be hell-bent on making you see what would be deemed as anti-Semitic. Now, he might not think it's anti-Semitic, but he has clearly been told that it is anti-Semitic and does not care. At the end of the day, all of this noise, I have one simple question. How are we winning in all of this? Can one of y'all answer that question? The folks who are going after primetime. The folks who want to be dismissive and vitriolic towards Brittany Griner. Who want to come after me? I don't even know what to say. What I will promise you is this. You ain't going to hear me talking about this much longer. I'm going to live my best life. Have a good time. Work hard every day. Be as decent of a human being as I possibly can be. Love my people. Because I don't hate nobody. But I love me some black people. I just do. It's who we are. I can't help it. Ain't nothing going to change that. Continue to try to help and inspire and uplift my community. I can't wait till I go to video on January 9th. 
so y'all can see my face and, and, and see my passion and my fervor and how much I love us. Dion ain't receiving any love right now from a lot of these people. Neither am I. Neither are a host of other people. Some don't deserve it. That's a cruel thing to say, but some don't deserve the kind of love. You can't spew hate like Kanye is spewing and deserve love. I just want him to calm down and be better so he could have a peaceful life. He's got children who love him, and they're going to have to go in the world having his words attached to them as unfair as that will be. That's just me. But I really have nothing to say. Nothing more. I've said my piece. I think I've said enough. That's it for No Mercy. Appreciate y'all tuning in as always. I'll be back with y'all in a couple of days. Remember, No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith comes on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then some. So stick around. Tune in. Listen in. Make sure you start watching me on video January 9th. And while you're doing so, always remember what I always say. You don't have to know sports to know mercy. Peace and love, everybody. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.